The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you for everyone, every family, every life in this place, and everyone joining us over the internet. We ask that by the time this service is done, you will have done that which eyes have not seen in our lives, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begin, begun to enter into the hearts of man. Honor, glory, dominion, and majesty be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Some weeks ago, at the beginning of the year, God gave us a word. You know, we, we, we start the year by saying to the Lord, <clears throat> um, what do you have to say to us for this year? And usually, over the years, God will give us a lot of things. I'll be taking note, taking note, taking note. But what I've discovered is that by May, June, July, August, I've forgotten all that God has said to me in January, I need to go back to my notes and begin to check. Oh, God said this. Oh, God said that. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, I, I just remember in, in October what God said in January. And because if you don't engage, you, need, you, you won't get the full benefit. You know, the word of God says that we should wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have been said over us. So, it's one thing to have a prophecy. It's another thing to engage the prophecy. So, about three years ago, I said to the Lord that, okay, yeah, if you were to sum up the year in one word, because I don't want to forget, I want to keep that word before me, what will it be? And that year is, 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 is an establishment, and it was fantastic, and, you know, it was awesome. So the following year, we said the same thing. Dad, if you were to sum up the yeah, in one word, is that, isn't it, that? What will it be? And it said, bloom. And it was fantastic. And this year, same thing, going into this year. And what would it be? If you were to sum up the word in the year, in one word. For, for, for us, as a people, and we usually, because we are God's um, watchmen over this nation, we usually would trust God by, by extension to this nation, Nigeria. And the word is victory, right? And we have been seeing victories in our lives. Now, from the beginning, we, we, we understood that, that it's one thing, like I said, to have a word. It's another thing to engage the word. And one of the key things of engaging the word is is the thorough understanding of how that word can be applied. So we started a series titled Victory, and we began to say, how do we obtain victory as a people? So we looked at historical battles. We looked at proven principles of war that has been used by seasoned war generals, and we discovered that these principles are rooted in Scripture. So, as God's people, we said we will learn from these principles and see the correlation from the scriptures. And it has been fantastic. 
And today, we are landing the plane. We are concluding the series on victory. Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I don't want to finish. Land it also. It's just fantastic. But God has greater things for us. So we are pressing into what God will do next week. Um, which is why I'm meeting with all the pastors and ministers after, after service. You know, from next week, something totally fantastic is going to break forth by the grace of God. Now, we started with the principle of the objective. And we said that the key in the principle of the objective, the key is clarity. In part two, we looked at the principle of the offensive. And the summary of the principle of the offensive is there to go forward, there to make progress. And in part three, we looked at the principle of mass, the principle of mass. The summary of the principle of mass is concentrate your forces. Concentrate your forces. In part four, at the God of service, we looked at the principle of maneuver. The summary of the principle of maneuver is be flexible. In part five, we looked at the principle of security. And in the principle of security, the key was cover your basis. I was say cover your basis. In part six, we looked at the principle of unity of command. And in unity of command, the key is one person in charge. One person in charge. Then we looked at the principle of exploitation. And the principle of exploitation, the summary is follow up and follow through. Don't let any opportunity go. Follow up and follow through. After that, we looked at the principle of economy. And the principle of economy, we learned, re preserve your resources. Preserve your resources. After economy, we looked at the principle of surprise. And in the principle of surprise, we learned how to do the unexpected. And last week, we looked at the principle of simplicity. The principle of simplicity. And the principle of simplicity will learn to just be simple, take the direct approach. We suggested, have only one mobile phone, if possible. <laughs> Simplify your life. And today, by the grace of God, we will be looking at the principle of concerted action. Are you ready? Our text is from Matthew 18, from verse 19. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Matthew 18, 19, and 20, that's the text. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 19, and 20, that again I say to you, that if two 
of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, Jesus says, I am there in their midst. People, Jesus is here with us. It's not um, a wish. It's a fact. Jesus is in this place. And one of the, the greatest things, life skills, if you will, and that you can have, in addition to all the ones that we've been giving you, is the ability to walk harmoniously with other people. In fact, your ability to walk in sync with other people around you is one of the most important force multiplier. A force multiplier is something that multiplies your effort and makes it have a larger impact. And I can tell you Stories upon stories upon stories of military campaigns where a smaller coordinated force defeats a larger, much larger uncoordinated force. Stories upon stories upon stories. So, if you are small, what's an unquote? It's not a guarantee that you will lose if you understand how to organize your forces, you will, you will win. So a smaller military force working seamlessly with speed can and most likely will destroy a much larger and less coordinated force. So the principle of concerted action simply states that Unify all the elements of your force. Bring them together simultaneously. Bring your forces together. Unify the coordination. Things are working. Let them work in tandem with each other. And, okay, you could say, okay, Pastor, I understand that. How do I apply that in my life? Stay tuned. That's what we're about this morning. How does this become real? In my life. Working together with people, the ability to work together with people is so, so powerful. It's so, so, so powerful because, I mean, skill for skill, I will choose any day someone that can get along with other people than somebody that cannot. In fact, Every organization will choose people they see as team players over their colleagues, skill for skill. So it is important that you learn, you and I, learn to work with people. <laughs> because 
great generals are only great because they have excellent officers at every level of command. Great, great generals are only great because they, they have excellent officers. If you look at any great organization, it's great because, yes, the leadership must be great. But beyond the leadership, there are excellent people making things happen. By the grace of God, God's favorite house is a great family, church family. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's only great because we have excellent people doing stuff. No one does it alone. No one does it alone. I see people shooting themselves in the foot many times thinking that, oh, they are lone rangers <laughs> or, or um, silos or they are rambos. You know Rambo? One man army. Rambo doesn't need anybody. He goes into the jungle and he takes out the whole jungle. <laughs> but everyone needs the help of other talented people. Everyone. You need help. So do I. Everybody needs help. God, God looks at man. Created man in his own image. Gave him all the things needed. And God looked at man. And God said, this guy needs help. And God gave man help. Praise the Lord. But isn't it ironic that many times when God gives us help, we say to God, the help you have given me has caused me trouble. Isn't it ironic? That when God brings you in relationship with people, instead of you to bring the best out of it, you cause problems for them. And you go to God and you say, this person is giving me trouble. God is saying, no, this person is to help you. And concerted action is the key to synergy. Now, it's the key to synergy. You can't have synergy without pulling together. And synergy is so key. What's what is synergy? Synergy just simply means as far as human effort is concerned, one plus one will always be greater than two. That's what synergy means. It means, it means as far as human effort is concerned, one plus one will always be greater than two. You cannot have synergy without concerted action. And God wants us to synergize. God wants us to pull together. God wants us to, he says to us, go to the ants and learn. I mean, when I read that scripture, go to the ants and learn, God is not just saying, go and learn diligence. Yes, there's diligence to be learned from the ant. God is also saying, go and learn synergy. Why? Because the ants work together. You see all of them in the same line. They are working. They are working. They are working. It appears, if you look at them, like, what, what's wrong? If, I, if, you, if you are like me, I like to destroy their path for fun. I know some um, animal advocates are looking at me funny now. <laughs> I like to destroy their path. But they still find their way and they are still in order. They are still in sync. They are still 
in synergy. For some of us, the missing key is synergy. As Christians, in fact, we are so, so blessed and so, so rightly positioned that as Christians, we have the supernatural benefit of what I call synergy on fire. We have synergy on fire. We go beyond natural synergy, the results of natural synergy. So, Pastor, what do you mean by synergy of, on fire? It's simple. That scripture that we read, Jesus said, Matthew 18, 20. Jesus said, if when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And because Jesus is present, things that are supernatural can happen. So, because Jesus is here, people are healed. People are set free. Just worshiping Jesus breaks the, sh- the chain and the shackles of, of us. Because Jesus is here. Look, the difference between a church and Rotary Club is Jesus. The difference between a, the church and Rotary Club is not, it's not, the, it's not the instruments. It's not the preaching. You know, they can be preaching without Jesus. I'm sure you know that. It's not the choir. It's not the singing. It's not the worship. The difference between the church and the village meeting is the presence of Jesus. For us, it's a huge force multiplier. Huge one. If you look at it personally, even personally, if you are in sync with the Lord, when a man has synergy with the Lord, he has a huge advantage already. Just you and God, you have a huge advantage already. Because the presence of Jesus takes our synergy to supernatural dimension. You have a huge advantage and I can show you in scripture. Now, if you see someone and that person appears to be able to do more than what is normal or usual, it goes without saying that there's someone else that is helping that person. Praise the name of the Lord. No, let's just say that you have a... Um, um, a seven-year-old boy and you wake up in the morning by the time you wake up this seven-year-old boy has washed your car as the car is shining has packed it you know, you packed it like this has repacked it facing out ready for you to go to work left the engine running so that the car will be cool by the time you come and you get there and you see your car. And you look at yourself and you're like, what really comes to your mind? Since I'm slapping African parents. The key thing, the first thing that comes to you, you will know that he didn't do it. You know that somebody has helped him. 
You know that he does, he can't. How will he reach the, the top of the car without denting it? How will he start? His leg cannot even touch the. When the leg touches the point that his eyes cannot see, he needs to choose one. So you know somebody has helped him. Guess what? God is going to help you. In a way that when people see the results, people will say, somebody helped him, Joe. Somebody helped her. This really cannot be her. And that's what the word of God is saying in Joshua chapter 23 verse 10. Joshua 23:10. It says, each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. Each one will put to flight a thousand. Why? For the Lord your God fights for you. What will make the difference is because the Lord, your God, is on your side and is fighting for you. That's what's going to make the difference. They're going to look at, look at Samson. One person, he killed a thousand Philistines. The Philistines knew that he had a secret. I mean, it's not normal for one person. Even if you are very strong, you can kill ten of the enemy. By the time you are done with 10, you are tired. They will capture you alive. Only one person killed a thousand. They knew that they smote to this guy. So they sent Delilah. <laughs> Delilah is after you. I'm just here to tell you that. Why? Because the enemy knows that you can't just, it's more to you than this. God is helping you. So what will they do? Tell me. Your personal relationship with Jesus is your greatest asset on earth. Your greatest asset is your personal relationship with Jesus. And the enemy will come after it. The reason he's coming after it is simple. So that it can remove the super from your supernatural and just make you natural. That's all. Once the super has been removed, you're in trouble. I'm praying today that the super will not be removed from your supernatural in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and, and if you are here and you, you, you don't have a relationship with the Lord... Today, you must have synergy with Jesus so that you, one person, can put to flight a thousand. Now, that is beautiful by itself. But God is saying to us, one person will put to flight a thousand Two people, God says, when two people come together, two Christians, they're in synergy, they're in sync. If you go by natural laws of synergy, one person put it to 5,000 is not normal, but if you just go by natural law of synergy, two people will put to flight maybe 3,000, more than two, maybe 4,000 max. But God says, one will put to flight a thousand. 
two we put to flight. 10,000. Wow. That is why the devil always wants you to fight with your wife. And fight with your husband. That's the only reason why he wants you to sleep on the same bed and face different direction. One face the south, one face the north. That's the only reason. Because he knows that as long as this, we can put their back on each other, we can go to sleep. They will not fulfill their destiny. It's very sobering to see how simple it is, but how effective the enemy has limited us. One, we put to flight a thousand. Two, we put to flight ten thousand. You can hardly find one person that has ten thousand demons on their case. Hardly. Even if you do, you say, Pastor, my own is like hundred thousand. <laughs> it's legions upon legions. Even if you do, you have come to the city of the Most High God. You have come to God's favorite house to lick hands with other children of God. So if one puts to find a thousand, two, ten thousand, three will be what? Come on, see the progression. This is a sequence. Three is what? Hundred thousand is a factor of ten. Four, we put to flight. One million. Five, we put to flight. Ten million. Six, we put to flight. Hundred million. Seven, we put to flight. Seven. Only seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many people here have a billion demons on their case? Step, just, just. Not many. In fact, by the time you begin to gather your forces and link hands with God's people, genuinely, the reason the enemy doesn't want you to be in real fellowship and real relationship with God's people is simple. Because what killed your father and killed your mother wants to kill you. So they will try and keep you out. Why? Because by the time you really need begin to link hands and forces with other Christians, they will leave you alone. They are not fools. They are not fools. That's so, so powerful. And God says, he's saying to us, can't you see that that is what is happening here? In Deuteronomy 32, verse 30, it's like God is saying, how could one person chase a thousand of them and two people put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? God is saying, how is it possible for this exponential, I mean, um, effort and results can happen except God made it happen? God wants you to link hands with his children so that together we become unstoppable. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you, our text, if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything they ask of, of my father, it will be done for them. The question is, who are you 
praying with. If you're not praying with anybody right now, you see how you've limited yourself. You, you boxed yourself in a corner. Really. Who are you praying with? No, I'm not talking about prophets you are praying with. That one does not count. It doesn't count for nothing. In fact, it reduces from you. Should I show you? It doesn't count. What counts is two people agreeing. Two children of God agreeing. Two people. Why do I say find a partner? Link? That's why I say that. God wants you to be unstoppable. Why do you think, again, I come back to marriages, why do you think marriages are under so much pressure? That's why. That's why marriages are under so much pressure and so much attack. Why? Have you noticed that as long as both of you have turned your back against yourself, it's as if Whatever demon is on your case, as you just cool down. That's, that's because, hey, we've incapacitated them. I'm praying today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every wedge between you and your spouse will be broken in Jesus' name. And God will cause you to link hands as you really should. In the mighty name of Jesus. So no one can do life alone. No one can do life alone. You can't. A key to greatness is the ability to get along well with many different kinds of people. That's one of the keys to greatness. There are many different kinds of people. As a pastor, huh? Oh, Rishi, Rishi. You know what they call Rishi, Rishi? You all Rishi, Rishi people. You have to have the capacity to ignore some shenanigans. Praise the Lord. Everything you accomplish in life requires the active cooperation and participation of people. Think about it. Everything you have accomplished to date. People needed to, to, be, to be there. How did you get married? Think about it. Many of us, we met our spouses. Somebody says, have you, have you checked out that babe? Or somebody says, oh, that guy... Oh, Somebody, how did you get your job? How, how did you get the promotion? Somebody put in a word for you. There is always someone that God needs to use to help you to the next level. So when the devil wants to destroy someone, you know what he does? He pulls them out and keeps them in isolation. It's, it's a standard practice. I've, you see, I've been a Christian for close to 20 years. I've seen, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen this over a standard practice. It always works. And the first time he pulls them out, because, you know, it's like when you have a, a, a um, wood, a lot of um, wood making um, a bonfire or what have you. When you pull one out, it still has fire in it, Right? So because it still has fire in it, 
he still feels so he's, he's arrogant. He's full of his ways or her ways. He's, he's talking big. He's talking. But guess what? Slowly but surely, the fire will die and go off. When the fire goes off, then flies begin to come and poo poo. I'm praying that will not be your story. When the devil wants to destroy someone, standard practice, pull him out, pull her out. Why? Because there's protection in community and he knows it. So the more capable you are at getting along with people, the happier and more successful you will become. Someone, uh, a man named Rodia Kipling said, and I agree so much with this, he said that the strength of the wolf is the pack and the strength of the pack is the wolf. If you see a wolf, the, the wolf, the pack of wolves, they are so dangerous. The strength of the wolf is the pack. And if you see a pack of wolves that is so dangerous, the strength of the pack is the wolf, individual wolves. So it's, it goes together. So you're like, okay, pastor, okay, fine. I have seen now how and why I need concerted action. How do I unlock concerted action in my life, in my relationship? How do I deploy it? How do I make it work for me? I'm going to give you four keys. And we close. Four keys to unlock concerted action. Number one, for me to unlock concerted action, I must have genuine concern for people. You see, you must have genuine concern for people because you have to realize that people are not fools. They are not fools. They don't see anything, but they know when you are taking them for a ride. You know, sometimes you think, people think, you think you're smarter than everybody else. So you juggle words together and you think you've bamboozled people. But guess what? They may not see anything, but they are not fools. They just smile if they are wise. For you to unlock concerted action, you must have genuine concern for people. Stop trying to use people. Love people instead. Don't make the mistake of trying to use people. Love people. At God's favorite house, we don't use people. We love people. We use things, but we love people. But some people, it's the other way around. They love things, but they use people. You need to realize that people are not fools. Have genuine concern for people. Why? Because I, I, I heard it said some, some time ago, I don't know who to um, credit this to, but it's a popular saying. It says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can take it home. Your children, same thing. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Your wife, same thing. She doesn't care how much you know. You can be the greatest engineer in the whole world, knowing everything. She doesn't care how much you know until you, she knows how much you care. The same thing, your husband, same thing. She doesn't care how much you know until she knows how much you care. It, your relationships works. To unlock concerted action, number one, I must what? Have genuine concern for people. To unlock concerted action, number two, 
I must have a very high self-esteem. And this is so important. I must have a very high self-esteem. But I've realized I study great people. I, I study great men and women. That's one of my life um, preoccupation. And one huge thing I've seen is that great men and women, they like themselves and they respect themselves. It's amazing. They like, they're comfortable in their skin. Because they like themselves and respect themselves, they are able to like and respect other people. Because you cannot give what you don't have. If you hate yourself, you are going to hate other people. If you stand in front of the mirror and you don't like who you see, it's going to flow into your relationships. In fact, you're saying, Pastor, is that scriptural? It's in the Bible. They came to Jesus and they, and they said to Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Tell us what is the greatest commandment. Oh, Jesus says that is simple. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God. With all your strength, with all your might, with all your soul. This is the first. And it goes on to say in Mark 12, 31. It says the second. Listen to what Jesus says. It says the second. The first is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It says the second is equally important. Wow. What's the second? Love your demon. And he says, no other commandment is greater than this. <laughs> Amazing. Love your neighbor as what? Yourself. You cannot love anybody more than you love yourself. People that love people easily are people that have come to know who they are in God and love themselves. That's a good place to clap. <laughs> because hurting people hurt people. Loving people love people. If all you do in your relationships is pull down people and, and scar people, it, you see, you are to be pitied because it shows that you, great men always lift people up. Small men always pull people down. When you're in, the, you're in a relationship with your children, your, your neighbor, your spouse, and the only thing they can, they, they want to go away from you, why? Because all you do is, is, is tear them down. You need to, it shows that you have a very low self-esteem and you need to address it. How do you address it? Go to God. You need to see yourself as God sees you. You need to embrace God's love for you. And become all that God has for you. Then it will overflow in your other relationships. Don't be a crab. Don't be a crab. Crabs. They say the, the reason they don't cover baskets when they put the crab, crabs in the basket. They just leave the basket open and no crab escapes. Not one. You know why? Because when one crab wants to climb up and escape, the remaining, they pull it down. 
crabs. You need to get out of your crab mentality. There are people in your relationships, in your life, that they've been there. God wants you to help them become all that they can be. Stop pulling them down. Stop it. Because it's in lifting people up that you become all that God has for you. Let me, let me, let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know, in, in, in June, is it April or June now? June, 8th of June. will be 10 years I've been pastoring. My wife and I have been pastoring. 10 years. And one thing about pastoring is, and God anointing you and all that, is that people will want what you have. And it's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. But earlier on, I was like, no, I can't give you what I have. Some guy came to me and he asked me something and I struggled. I didn't want to tell him. But I overcame the flesh. I told him. Now, when I told him and he left my office, God said to me, I've never heard it before, that every time you share what I've given you, I give you four times more. I've never heard it before. Every time. It's like, wow. So guess what I do now? Do you want? (laughs) It's because of your small thinking. One man of God came to me and said to me, I've come to your God will do the game service. The oil there is as Ororo. Ororo pastor, you know what they call it? It's anointed. It's not just oil. Tell me how you prepare the oil. Ah. But I remembered every time I multiplied by four. So I told him I prefer the oil. I kid you not. As he stepped out of my office, the Holy Spirit showed me a higher level. He says, now this is how you will be preparing the oil. What? I've never heard it before. It's because you're small, you, the smallness of your mind are things that you have to take away from somebody to become great. The only person that needs to die for you to fulfill your destiny died 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You must have a healthy self-esteem. That's why I'm a passionate teacher. I love to. So you don't know why I really love to teach. <laughs> and to help you get out of this rut. It's simple. This is how I, how I live my life. And this is how I suggest you live your life. Treat everyone below you exactly how you want them to treat you if you were below them. Who is below you today? Everyone below you. Your house help. Treat your house help. The same way you want him or her to treat you if you were the house help. 
to change your life. I know some of you are struggling with it immediately. You are, you are struggling. Ah, Pastor, that's how I do. Ah, that's how I do. Yes, I know. But that's the way to your freedom. That's the way to your freedom. That's the way to your freedom. Your driver, treat him if you were his driver. He said, but Pastor, never. God will not. God will only let me go forward. Yes, God will only let you go forward. But guess what? That driver can be the president tomorrow, right? Because God is a master at taking people from the dunghill and setting them among princes. So what if he's the president tomorrow? You are the boss. So bloody what? Treat your staff as though if the roles were reversed. How you want them to treat you if you were the boss? Every time, put that in your mind. Every time you relate to people, put that in your mind. I know you really want to slap her. But before you slap her, ask yourself, if I did this, do I want her to slap me? <laughs> For me to unlock concerted action, number one, I must... Come on, talk to me, talk to me. I must what? Number two, I must... Number three, I must focus on contribution and not on collection. Contribution makes you valuable and people treasure what they consider valuable. People treasure what they consider valuable. If you have two friends, one is always calling to ask for money. And the other is always calling. Or anytime you hear from him, maybe your phone rings, you see a credit alert. The guy has just transferred three million into your account. He does that like three times a year. And when you call him, he says, No, 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 no. Pastor, I, I'm just I just want to say thank you. <laughs> I say, oh, okay. Then you have two phones. I don't have two phones. You have two phones. And one is that friend that is always asking you for money. And what is that friend that just gives you three million, you know? Which one will you pick? No, 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 no. Which one will you pick? Even if you are Jesus Christ. Jesus says that if you are ashamed of me on earth, I will be ashamed of you before my father. How you treat me determine how I treat you. That's, that's what he says, in essence. <laughs> Everyone appreciates people that go the extra mile. Everyone. So give. Give. You see, every time I experience a loss, and sometimes it happens, maybe, some, maybe someone steals my phone, I, I always ask myself two questions. Number first question I ask myself is, why did I have an issue with my tithing? Why? Because God says when I tithe, he will rebuke the deliverance for my sake. So I check tithe. By God's grace, usually that's not a problem. So it's not tithing. The second thing I ask myself is, am I holding on to something I should have kept where thieves could not reach? Because God says that when you give, you are storing up treasures where? In heaven. So when you hold on to something on earth that you should have God says to you, give that sister that pen. The moment God says to you, give that sister that pen, God wants, when you give the sister the pen, the pen gets credited to you where? In heaven. When you hold on to the pen, 
you are holding on to something that doesn't belong to you. It's qualified for stealing. I know only one person is coming. I know, I know, I know. That pen is as on it. Steal me. Steal me. Devorah, where are you? That's what the pen has on it. Why? Because I mean, I know, I know I may sound very, that may sound very tough for some people. I know, I know, I know, no. But that is the truth of the word of God. If God gives you an instruction to do something, you don't do it. That thing is marked for consumption. So you better who could give it. Uh. Project. I need to give you a project. An assignment. What's the assignment? Make a list of all the important people in your life and determine by yourself what it will take for them to be happy in their relationship with you. That is your contribution. Make it. Make the contribution. Who are the most important people in my life? My wife or my husband? My children? Sit down. List them. Take number one, my husband. What will it take for this guy to be really happy to be in relationship with me? What will it take? That's your contribution. Do it. My boss at work, what will it take for this guy to be excited every time I step into the office? What will it take? That is your contribution. Do it. And you will see how people will turn in your favor. Some of you are praying, I receive favor, I receive favor, I receive favor. Oh, yeah, right. Continue behaving like a vagabond. I'll be receiving favor there. Number four. Number one, for me to unlock concerted action, I must. Number two. Number three. Focus on contribution. And number four, I must realize and understand, and this just wraps it up, that none of us is stronger than all of us. I must realize that none of us is stronger than all of us. None of us is more anointed than all of us. Even if you are so anointed, by the time you come here, maybe we had our own chinchini anointing to it, it will still be more than your big anointing. When you Let's say you have $30 billion in your account and somebody else just has $100 in their account. By the time you come together, you will still have more than you had initially. And because of the way community is structured, community is structured in a way that there, you always have vertical, um, um, upward vertical, downward vertical, and horizontal relationships. The challenge is that many people, we don't know how to respond to upward vertical or downward vertical or horizontal relationships. So we want to pull ourselves out of the community because maybe the people in your horizontal relationship are always competing with you or you want to compete with them. And that is not healthy. Or the people in the downward um, vertical, you have to be responsible for them. You know, some people don't want to be responsible for anybody. They don't care who goes to hell. They just want God to bless them and their family. Yeah, strange. Some people, they don't know how to respond to upward vertical. You, don't, you can't submit to anybody. Nobody can tell you what to do. You will have a problem with God. Why? Because with God, you need to get under the things that God has put over you so that you can be over the things that God has put under you. 
Should I rewind? With God, you need to get under the things that God has put over you so that you can be over the things that God has put under you. Because if you don't stay under the things that God has put over you, you will not be over the things that God has put under you. Because the things that... <laughs> Try to mess with your mind. <laughs> I'll make sure nobody's sleeping on me. <laughs> okay. There's an old Chinese saying that says that he who will rule must learn to obey. Unfortunately, we have people that are jeopardizing their destiny of greatness just because they want to belong to themselves. It doesn't work. Let me give you a simple example. Back in the day, I think I read somewhere that the most important food is breakfast. So I got home and I said to my wife, by the Decrease of <laughs> the media. I hereby decree in this house that there must be breakfast. Now, my wife, you know her, she's fantastic. She, I mean, she, she said, okay, I'll do it. I mean, fine. But for some reason, maybe because we have been used to a particular pattern of life, she didn't have the strength to do it. Maybe she would do it once and she would stop. I'll get angry and rock the boat and shake the house. I will show you who is the man in this house. Not physical, but I'll shake the house. Then she will start again. Then she will stop. Then it got so, I got so frustrated. You know, some, you know I've told you before, when I get frustrated, I report people to who? To God. Yes, I report you to God. You frustrate me. I'm sorry, but that's, that's what I do. So I'll say to God, you see, not like the woman you gave me like that, but <laughs> but you see, they are not obeying your constituted authority in this house. It is your authority that I have. Like, they are not obeying it. And I went on and on and on and on. You know what God said to me? I never forget. He said to me, you want breakfast? I said, yes, sir, it's the, best, it's, the, it's the best meal in the day. He said to me, where is my own breakfast? You have breakfast. <laughs> you wake up in the day. You will not juba. You know what juba is. You will not, you will just, I say, I, get, I didn't tell my wife anything. The first time I did it, as I woke up, you know, I can be very dramatic. Have you noticed? I rolled off the bed. As I was rolling, my wife was trying to catch me. That was good. I said, leave me. You know, I just hit the floor of my face. I said, Mujuba Koda, Mujuba Sheda. That's what I said. I was, and I was now hailing God. Just, that was all I was doing. That was all. That was all. No, no prayers. Guess what? My wife began to get up and to make breakfast by herself. By herself. When you get under the things that God has put over you, you will be able to get over the things that God has put under you. 
It's so powerful. We need to get it. So you must have the ability to identify an instruction. You must. And guess what? In a community, an instruction can come from downward vertical. Yes. God can use someone that is under you to talk to you. He can. He's God. If God used a donkey to talk to a prophet. It can be horizontally. You can get an instruction from God from your peers. And obviously, it can be upward vertical. Now, what happens when you, in a community, God uses someone to give you an instruction? Mostly, it's not something, it's not, as, it's not usually something you don't know. Mostly, it's not something you don't know. But you see, what happens is that when that person tells you, it's as if that person gives you permission. I, I picked up a, a new sport some time ago, uh, tennis. So I, I'm learning to play tennis these days. So, so, so one day, <laughs> I went to the tennis court with I had this ball, ball machine. So loaded it up with balls, 500 balls. The idea is to hit um, 300 forehands, 300 backhands, just to practice. So shoot, the ball machine started. I was hitting the forehand, I was hitting the backhand. But you see, the forehand was going very well, but the backhand was not really going very well. (laughs) That thing was just not moving. So after a while, I would hit the forehand, and instead of hitting the backhand, I would turn around and hit another forehand. Because the forehand was going in, and everybody, I, I, I kind of enjoy when things go in. I don't know about you, I, I just love it. When I hit something, I just lose it. So I go and I hit the forehand, and I go and turn around and I hit the backhand. And I felt very good with myself. So I went to pick the balls, I load it up, I go again, and that was what I was doing. The last 150 balls I was going to hit, there was some. Aboki, I hope that's not a racist statement. It's not. Eh? Is it? It's fine. Okay. <clears throat> so, the guy sat down. He has been watching me. I, I really didn't notice him. So, when I was picking the balls to load the final one, he said, Oga, make I give you one advice. <laughs> my mind, I'm like, okay, here we go. I said, okay, tell me, what is it? He said, that thing where they do on this one, you know that you sabi that one. But this one, you know sabi amo. He said, if I go give you advice, I go say, make you know they do this one. Make you they do this one. That is, stop hitting the forehand. Begin to hit the backhand. Now, excuse me, did I not know that? I did, I knew. But it took someone else to tell me. And when he told me, it, it was like he was giving me permission to do what I already knew I should do. So guess what happened? The last 150 set of balls, I was hitting my backhand. Initially, it wasn't going in. But after like, 30 balls, 
Guess what happened? It began to fly in. And I'm like, I'm eating my backhand. And I left that place with a stronger backhand because I listened to an aboki. There are some of us, we are so headstrong. It's unbelievable. We are so arrogant. We can't even take instruction from the people above us. Talk less of someone that you consider far from you. Meanwhile, the solution to your life may just be with someone that you consider far from you. I left that court a stronger player. The people that used to deal with me anyhow, they still beat me, but they sweat. Oh yes. Because I have a stronger backhand. The people I used to struggle to beat, I beat them easily now. Because I have a stronger backhand. What am I saying? I could have pleased myself, ignored my weakness, and still remain where I am. Or I could listen to the voice of the community, that people that God has put in your life, to speak into your life and become stronger. When you take instructions, you are doing yourself a favor. You are the one that becomes stronger. And in war, instruction is everything. Intelligence is everything. Line of command is everything. So as we bring this series to a close, I want us to sit down and ask ourselves, because there are only four ways you can change. There are only four ways you can move to the next level. Only four ways. You can do more. You can do less. You can stop. You can start. Only four ways. I want you to sit down and be bold. Ask the people in your life. These key people that you are going to talk to about, think about contribution. Remember that list? Those key people, if you have, I want to be bold enough, ask them, what can I do less? Maybe I talk too much, I need to talk less. What can I do less? What can I do more? Maybe I'm an excellent cook, I need to cook more. I don't know. What can I stop? What should I stop? What should I start? What am I not doing? Now, those four questions within your life, if you ask them, if you are sincere and they tell you, your life will totally change. Totally change. If you are humble enough, eat the humble pie. Ask those questions. In fact, as a church, we always ask these four questions. Everyone that has gone through workers' orientation, you know we always ask this question. What are we doing that we should stop doing? What are we not doing that we should be doing? That's stop and start. What are we doing that we should do more? What are we doing that we should do less? We always ask that question. Why? Because we know that you can see what we can see. You are coming. You are fresh. If you want to take your life forward, ask those questions. So when you practice this principle of concerted action, 
in addition to the other principles, you become totally unstoppable. You become unstoppable. People don't, you will be an enigma. People will like, how, this February, what is the, what is juice? You become an enigma. But this is the secret I've shared it with you from part one to part 12. This is everything I know on this subject. If you do them, you become totally unstoppable. Hallelujah. Totally unstoppable. You know, we said that the presence of Jesus makes our synergy supernatural. It takes it to a supernatural dimension. In Joshua 23, 10 that we read, as I close, it says that each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemies. Why would you be able to put the flight a thousand? Simple, simple. For the Lord your God fights for you. God wants to fight for you. Let's burn our hearts and burn our heads. I want us to just think about these things that we have heard. God wants to fight for you. God wants to fight for you. God wants to fight for you. But for God to fight for you, you must be on God's side. So there may be one or two people here, I don't know. You're saying, Pastor, I need God to fight for me. I, I, me, I need God to fight for me, Lord. Pastor, pray with me. I'm not on God's side. I want to come to God's side. Or I used to be on God's side. But I'm backsliding. I'm far from God. Pray with me. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are, put up your hand now. Over your head. Quickly. You don't need to come forward. Just you. Put up that hand. And we'll pray together. Okay? There's a child putting up his hand. An adult now. Put up the hand. And we'll pray together. That is me. That is me. That is me. The rest of us, let's, let's talk to God. If there's nobody, it's fine. Let's, let's, let's talk to God. Let's just say to God, Father, the things that I'm doing that is repelling covenant relationships from my life, help me to stop them. The things that I need to start to connect covenant relationships, help me to start them. I'm rolling two, four things together now. The things I need to do less, help me to reduce them. The things I need to do more help me. Let's take this and let's talk to God. Let's just take a few minutes and talk to God. We still have some time. Let's talk to God. Father in heaven, come before you in the name of Jesus Christ and love and ask. Are the things I'm doing that is repelling your covenant relationship from my life that you empower me to stop doing them, Lord. Help me stop doing them. Oh God of heaven, the things that I need to start doing, Lord, to attract covenant relationships, Lord. Empower me to start doing them. The things I need to do less, oh God of heaven, empower me to do them less. The things I need to do more, empower me to do more. Oh God, let's, let's talk to God, let's talk to God. Let's talk to God. 
Oh, my Father. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we honor you, Lord. Father, we adore you. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may, I will fall. I have made a choice to listen for your voice. Wherever you may, I will go. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.